0: This is the Whatcom's Dads podcast.
1: If you missed episode two, we are Mark's Kids, and we have our own podcasts as well.
0: My name is Ben, and I host the Trade Bait podcast, where we talk about stats about the NFL and NBA.
1: And I'm Allie. I host the podcast Travel with a Chance of Murder, where myself and a co-host travel to a global destination and talk about travel tips and a murder that happened in that area. Check them out if you're interested.
0: There's a link to both of our podcasts in the show notes. But for now, please enjoy My Dad and His Friends on their podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to the Whatcom Dads podcast. I'm Chris Roselli.
3: I'm Nathan Dwyer.
4: And I'm Mark Bagley. This week, we talk with Sabrina Tinius about planning family vacations. We discuss and provide advice on working from home and make recommendations on where to take your kids for a special one on one dad kid date. Hey guys, how's it going? Ah, it's good to see you two. It's good seeing you guys. How's everything? Doing well.
2: You're, uh, that is not your backdrop from uh, your your beautiful Ferndale home. Where are you?
4: No, I am uh, I am broadcasting live from Pasadena, California, where Ooh. it was eighty six degrees today.
0: Oh, California, Ooh.
2: beautiful.
4: Well, I am uh, down here for kind of a melancholy uh, experience. My sister and I are cleaning out my parents' home, my childhood home. Because my mom and dad have decided they are um, not going to be returning to the home. They're living in a retirement facility down here. And they've said that it's time to move on from that house that they've owned for the last 47 years. Wow! So I flew down and we spent the last two days going through closets and boxes and the garage and every corner of the house, just seeing what's there and what we need to keep and what we can give to others and um just kind of a transitional very transitional time for the uh for the bagley family wow so
3: mark your parents are a little older than chris and mine what's the pandemic been like with your relationship with them i know that they live far away but uh, (laughs) presume you haven't been able to see them in person very often
4: no, this is my first time down here in 10 months. And still, I was only able to see them through the window, because I had just gotten off an airplane. And the place where they live, uh, just being very careful, which I truly appreciate, uh, would not let me come inside. So I was able to see them through the window. But We were able to have them over tonight for a Thanksgiving dinner um, because it was 86 degrees. We could have dinner outside. And my sister set it up where they were on one end of the table and we were all on the other and we wore masks when we weren't eating. And to say the least, it was bizarre. But um, at least I got to see them and talk with them in person and, uh, you know, just do something I haven't been able to do for the, since January when I was last down here. So it was odd to say the least, um, kind of a, a very bittersweet visit, but at least, you know, they're still here and we still got to interact and uh, and have a very nice time. Decades of stuff. I mean, memories
2: and memories. I, I Melancholy is a good word for it, Mark. I, I can't imagine.
4: Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was It was fun in a way, just coming, stumbling across, you know, pictures from when my dad was 28 years old Mm -hmm. and finding the cake topper from their wedding cake and, you know, finding things that, you know, my grandma had given my dad when he was a kid. So I, we discovered a lot of things today that we've never seen in all of our years. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was It was emotional. It was joyful. It was sad. It was a lot of emotions really rolled up into a a 48-hour period.
3: Have you guys since we started doing this podcast, reflected more on your parents and what a job they must have done parenting? Because certainly for me, as I sort of think through, okay, what are we going to talk about here? I'm reflecting on, well, you know, what was going on when I grew up? And certainly I was blessed to have two great parents and who I think did a great job. But uh, has that changed your outlook on parenting, just us doing this the last six, eight weeks?
4: I think it... um... It's made me think a lot about uh, how I was raised and and what I and how I've tried to raise my kids. And I know in a couple of weeks, Nathan, we're talking about um, discipline and you know how you handle that with your kids. And I'll look forward to hearing from the two of you how you were raised, because um, some of my most terrifying and funny memories are from the discipline side of uh, of being raised by. But and Zell Bagley, so it'll be fun to talk about um, those memories. <laughs>
3: are, are your parents of an age where they have any idea what a podcast is, Mark? Uh,
4: I tried to explain it to them tonight, and they just nodded their head and smiled.
3: Just tell them it's like an old-timey radio hour, right? I mean, that's theoretically what we're doing. <laughs> it's just on demand. You can listen whenever you want.
4: That's
2: right. Fireside Chats with Mark Bagley.
4: Yeah, when I told my dad it was uh, anyone in the world could listen, he went, ooh, Wow!
3: <laughs> On that note, guys, I don't know if I told you, but I was able to track uh, who's been listening, and uh, we have a listener from Thailand. So, shouts out to whoever's listening to us from Thailand!
4: Fantastic.
2: I wonder if that's my friend Maria? That'd be that'd be uh, interesting. Because really, I mean, I think the only people listening to us are people that we actually personally know. I don't know if uh, I don't I don't know for that good yet.
3: I don't know, Chris, I've been getting lots of good feedback. And I hope we're providing some useful information, something you guys can relate to as parents. I did struggle a few times this week. And uh, I'm keeping good notes on that when we do sort of a dad deficiency segment here in the future. But uh, the thing I got the most feedback on from last episode was at least two people told me how sorry they felt for you, Mark, with the uh, Pendleton whiskey story. (laughs)
4: I told my wife and she was so glad I told that story. She thought, that's just fantastic. (laughs) Uh,
3: Chris, what's uh, the last six or eight weeks done to your perspective as a parent, uh, if anything?
2: Yeah, very. uh, I I have reflected a lot on that. And um, I think a lot actually about what my own dad um, would always say, which is, and it was always during a family meeting um, where he would say, look. I'm trying my best and just like my parents they were trying their best and i'm trying to make your generation better than my parents could make my generation and hopefully you're going to be able to take what you've learned from me and make your generation better than uh, or your kids generation better than your generation and um i think about that every time i see my kids as we're uh sharing this same space during COVID on a regular basis trying to um, come up with new ways to engage together, and um, you know we we 're making it up as we go along and we 're all doing our very best and uh, During this time of covid where we 're trying to provide one another as much grace as possible, uh, whether it 's our own family members or strangers uh, i 've reflected
4: very much so about that so Nathan I seem to go back, nathan I need to go back to uh, episode one where we talked about family meetings. I believe it was episode one. And I just need to say that we had our first ever scheduled family meeting this past week, where we had a Zoom meeting with Ben and Allie and my wife, Annette. And we talked about plans for the holidays, and it wasn't terrible.
3: Whoa, are you coming over to the Jay Nelson side (laughs) of things, Mark?
4: I don't think I am, but I just thought I would come clean and say that uh, we did try it and it wasn't the worst thing I've ever done.
3: Don't soften on us now. You're the white hat of this podcast, (laughs) poo-pooing all the good
4: ideas. (laughs) And speaking of hats, I understand that there is a Whatcom Dads podcast hat waiting for me when I return from this holiday trip to California. So I want to uh, encourage our listeners that if you do see me on Saturday morning at Costco or Fred Meyer or the feed store, and I'm wearing my Whatcom Dads podcast hat, please come up and say hello.
3: What a perfect segue, Mark, because I was going to announce our hat giveaway. So these are limited edition Whatcom Dads podcast hats. And Whatcom Dads now has a Facebook page. So here's the deal, listeners. If you write a comment either on the Facebook page or in Apple Podcasts or send us an email, either with feedback, suggestions on guests or topics, we're going to put all of those in the hat. So all entries received within the next seven days from the release date of this podcast, which is going to be on Friday. We're going to put them all in a hat, draw a winner, and we will mail you a Whatcom Dads podcast hat. I also understand that some of you listeners may not have been with us from the beginning. So real quickly to recap, uh, I have three young children, a daughter who's two, a son who's four, and a daughter who is seven.
2: And I have two daughters. One is 11 and the other one is 14.
4: I'm the old man of the group, and my eldest uh, is 24, and my son is 21.
3: Today's podcast is brought to you by Robinson & Cole Attorneys. Robinson & Cole handles all types of injury cases. This includes auto accidents, work accidents and l claims, slip and falls, construction site accidents, and wrongful death claims. Robinson and Cole offers a free consultation and case evaluation. If you or someone you know has suffered a personal injury or has been injured on the job, call Robinson and Cole at 360 671 8112. You can also find more information on their website, robinsonandcole.com. That's R O B I N S O N A N D K O L E.com. Robinson and Cole. Northwest Washington's premier injury law firm, representing Whatcom County since 1979.
1: Now for this week's guest.
3: So today we're joined by Sabrina Tinius, travel consultant and owner of the Enchanted Traveler, and she's going to help us talk about planning family vacations. Sabrina, welcome to the Whatcom Dads Podcast.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
3: Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to Whatcom County.
1: Okay, well, my name is Sabrina, and um, I live in Puyallup, Washington, but I did go to Western Washington University uh, for a couple years, yeah, up there, so that's my kind of past connection. I don't get up there a lot right now, but um, enjoyed my time while I was there, and uh, now I've got two kids, um, almost 12 and almost 15, actually, so they're they're getting to be pretty big kids, <laughs> so...
3: And tell us a little bit about your business, The Enchanted Traveler.
1: Yeah, so The Enchanted Traveler is a company that I started in 2012, and we help families plan stress-free Disney and tropical vacations, taking care of all of the details and guidance so that they don't have to worry, they can just show up and the magic happens without all that stress that comes before and sometimes during when you don't quite have a good plan. Um, and we have, um, I believe we have 25 agents now that work with us around, uh, the country and we work with clients from all over the USA. Certainly, you know, I personally have a lot here in Washington, but we have them all over the country and actually we have some clients from around the world. We've had Poland and England and India and things like that. So we're getting around.
2: (laughs) Speaking of that, what are some common mistakes that you see families making while they're planning a vacation?
1: You know, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see, and this sometimes would surprise people, is asking on Facebook for where or how they should vacation. And the reason for that is it's not that your friends and family aren't well intentioned when they say, you know, oh, you should stay at or you should go to. um, But they're just they're only able to speak from a place of their experience with that and their family dynamic and their kids' ages and what their kids are afraid of or not afraid of. And all of that is not necessarily the same as yours. Um, So, you know, it's really important to to set out thinking about planning a vacation, either you know if it's on your own, really thinking about your kids, your needs, and then researching that, or working with someone um, that's an expert that can really guide you through those questions. Um, so that's definitely something that I, I see a, a problem for. And then just one other problem that comes up sometimes for families when planning, particularly the Disney parks, um, is I think overestimating the stamina of their kids when entering the parks and trying to go for that morning to close all day, no breaks, we gotta get it all in there. And then you end up with a little bit less happy family than you might've if you've given yourself a little more time, you know an extra day in there, a little more time to take those breaks, um, get those naps if they're tiny kids or just that like chill time, even for those older kids. And then the whole family ends up being happier at the end of the day.
2: That's funny you say that. The first time that we went to Disneyland with our kids, that was rule number 1 uh from my wife uh when I was planning our vacation cuz I'm the one who likes to be right at the front of the gate right when they open the thing yeah. and Amy just had Amy said immediately, we are not going to be that family and there's no running from ride to ride. We are going to walk and take our time. And we're going to go back and take naps and relax and make sure this is an enjoyable vacation. So uh, I think you've made a really good point there for sure.
3: Along those lines, would you have a recommendation for what's the appropriate age to start taking kids to the Disney parks?
1: You know, I really, I like that question because a lot of times the way that it's phrased to me is not necessarily in the question of what is the best age, but someone will say to me, my kid is this old and I think we have to wait until they're this old to go. And um, I do think you can go at all ages, but I think that I'll say the the age that I always think of as where that really starts being a sweet spot is younger than a lot of people think. I personally, my favorite trip I ever took, my daughter was three years old and i don't think i could ever match that i mean i love every trip i take with my kids but for a lot of parents they're thinking of it from the standpoint of um well will my child remember this you know are they going to remember that when they're when they're older and they're not thinking about the fact that as parents the joy you get from seeing your child at that age because that age that kind of three to five three to six year old time frame that preschool age you know, if they don't remember that trip when they're twenty, you have those memories of their eyes when they saw that princess that they, you know, love so much.
4: Sabrina, I am so old that when I first went to Disneyland, they still had the ticket books, and you'd have the A, B, C, D, and E tickets for the rides. And in yeah. fact, uh, just recently, I was going through my parents' uh, desk, and I found a book of Disneyland tickets, and all the it- all no the E tickets way. were gone. It was just just oh, the no. A's and B's were left. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, kind of interesting. Um, Serena, I, I'm just wondering, you know, it, kind of just going away from, from Disneyland or, or even a, a cruise situation, any suggestions on, on traveling on a budget, places that are easy to cut costs, save money? Um, you know, w- what are you recommending for parents who might have a, some restrictions on how much they can spend on a, on a vacation?
1: Yeah, I think you can do that regardless if you're talking about Disney or not. You know, if, if we're not talking about Disney, and then I'll come back around to that because I think that, you know, the way is to, to do Disney more affordably, too, for families who want to do that. Um, I think something that's often overlooked as an option, especially here on the West Coast, um, is that a lot of families are, are when they're thinking of a tropical vacation, they're thinking first thing of Hawaii. It's very, very common from where we are. And I love Hawaii. Hawaii's beautiful, I've been many times. It's not an inexpensive destination um, by its nature though. Um, And one thing that a lot of the people here don't think about as much compared to some of my my agents who live in the South and have clientele there or on the East Coast is um, Mexico as a destination. I just got back from there with my children just this last, Sunday we returned. And the the dollar, if you will, goes further um, in Mexico. And in many cases, um, you don't have to, but the the resorts are a lot of them are all inclusive. And what helps a lot for families who are trying to budget is then you know the total cost going in. Where, you know, if you're gonna go to Hawaii and you pick your flight and you book your hotel you know you have some semblance of cost but then you have the unexpected price of the restaurants there that you didn't realize were going to cost this much and then you're adding up your bill as you go and then you bought a couple drinks and now what's your bill um versus um you know we we often take friends with us when we go and, and go to mexico and it's always like wow it's so nice you know they say to just Know, like hey, this is how much we're paying and it's usually a very reasonable price and um, and then there's not a bill at the end that you're surprised by in your credit card. So that's uh, one way to, to think of something that not a lot of people it seems to me in this area it, it's not really a first thought. Um, in regards to Disney um, in general or you know other destinations, but it's very true of, of Disney when I have families who are um, trying to figure out you know how we can save a little bit, Uh, one of the first things is when you go because you know for a lot of people the first thing that they think of is well let's go for um, Christmas or let's go for spring break and those are the two most expensive times you can possibly visit um, Disney or take a Disney cruise you know um, and it's true for a lot of destinations so um, first of all especially for listeners that have young kids the the benefit that you have a lot of times is you're not tied to a school schedule so if we can get you to take a visit in, you know. January or in, uh, you know, the the first week of December before we get into all the holidays or, you know, some of these other time periods, the costs are quite a bit lower. Um, And another thing with timing in that way is also if you're flexible on your days, you know, we have a lot of families who want to go down for, you know, four days um, or whatnot, five days to Disneyland from here. Uh, if you can go on on the weekdays and you can avoid the weekends if that works with your school and work schedule then um, we generally are able to find you some better prices uh, as well for that so a couple ways to to save some money there
3: something we did too with the advent of grocery delivery was at our hotels uh, we would get groceries delivered and that would provide yes. breakfasts and snacks and water bottles and things throughout the day and uh, you know all of those little trips to the restaurant or the the cafe or coffee shop are going to add up. So I think basically all hotels now can take a grocery delivery and most of them, especially probably post pandemic are going to deliver for uh free or low cost.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the tips that I always have in the guide for people, both Disney world and Disneyland, you can have groceries delivered and, and breakfasts for sure is super easy. It's, it's not only budget friendly. It's a lot easier. Uh, a lot of times trying to get kids up and ready to go to just have some breakfast in the room so that's one good way and on the note of food one option that's not part of disneyland but is part of disney world um, pre-pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic not currently but we're gonna hope it comes back is they do have a dining plan in disney world Um, so that's unique to the east coast but what's nice about that is for budgeting purposes again it leans it more towards the idea of all-inclusive
2: You know, Sabrina, I think also along the lines of why our family also likes Mexico over Hawaii, which my older brother is not going to like that I said that given that he (laughs) lives on Oahu himself. Um, But we we love to visit him for sure. And that's the top reason we go to Hawaii. But Mexico is closer too. So it's a shorter flight um, and it is more affordable. And I I think one thing that listeners uh, should really look into is, is it's also not a dangerous place compared to what i think a lot of times people will will uh the media makes it sometimes come out to be where we have always visited and a lot of these resort communities are very very safe and uh so speaking of flights though um how what are some suggestions that you can think of that uh kids families can use to help pass the time on long flights for their kids
1: Yes, that's a popular question. I think when you have younger kids, having a bunch of new and interesting things to delight them with throughout the flight is a very useful way to do that. So one way to do that is with your snacks. So if you have little snack packs and little, you know, of course, depending on their ages, little dum-dum lollipops, and you can just magically have something different to hand them, uh, to distract them when they're getting a little bored that's very useful. Um, One uh, other trick that I used when my kids were younger is I would go to uh, like the dollar store, or or maybe a A a cheaper section of target or something like that and grab an assortment of new little toys that they didn't have at home. And so, you know, kind of pulling that out one hour and then another hour, Oh, we have a little tiny Lego set (laughs) or, you know, whatever it is that, that, you know, between, between a new little snack and a new little, you know, littlest pet shop toy or whatever it is that your kids are into um, that keeps them going, that the the kind of new excitement gets them through. Um, And then, Of course, these days, having an iPad, if you want an iPad or a a tablet of some kind, you know, you can download shows um, that they like or movies ahead of time and bring along some headphones. And that will definitely pass some time um, or games if they if they play little games on them. Uh, It really does go fast.
2: Something that did work for us is when our girls were toddlers we had a friend who loaned us those like 30-day vitamin organizers you know that like our you know our parents or grandparents might have and we would put uh cheerios and like every one of every few of them would have like an m&m in them and that that gave us like an hour of our flight watching our kids like carefully open each one and be super excited that there was an m&m hidden inside one in addition to a cheerio kind of a thing too so
1: wow, that, that was another mystery
2: box yeah right it, it was great so
4: uh and it worked on the way back too. So another little hint for, for listeners. So Sabrina, I'm a, i am I just took my first flight since COVID this weekend, and I'm just wondering um, what's different for you or for families while traveling during COVID and and how did you and your kids and and your family feel uh, while traveling during the pandemic?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I mean, as you know, all the all the travel suppliers have really put a lot of new um, procedures in place to try to keep everyone as safe as possible. So, for the flights, um, you know, it is important to know that all kids, everyone two and up, has to wear masks for the duration of the flights. Um, You can remove them briefly to eat or drink, but they really do, you know, ask that it's not this lingering hanging around, uh, eating popcorn for two hours to get the <laughs> scenario. Um, they do want you to put them back on. Um, in our case, you know, yes, my kids are a little older, but it for sure was the longest amount of time that we've had masks on, uh, consecutively because my kids are not in school and we work from home, my husband and I, uh, during this time. And so, um, you know, we wondered what would it be like to have the masks on for four and a half hours. And, um, it really, you know, it really was not bad at all. Um, the, the airlines right now, they have the middle seat open, a lot of them do, um, and they kind of keep pushing out the dates of how long they'll be doing that for, but that's very nice for that extra space. Um, where we went was an all-inclusive resort, but you'll see the same kinds of precautions taken at you know the, the Disney Resorts, Universal Resorts, anywhere like that. They, they have the plexiglass at check-in, they have the stickers on the floor of the six foot distances, hand sanitizer is everywhere. Um, you know, you masks are required indoors at the resorts. And I, I was really pleased to see, I mean, this was in Cabo, uh, everybody had their masks on.
3: And just so listeners know, uh, Mark and Sabrina did their travels before the governor imposed some additional recommendations within the last few days. So I don't want listeners to, li- <laughs> to listen in a month and say, what are these people doing? But I know you both traveled safely.
4: So Sabrina, for the Disney properties, what is the ideal number of days for both Disneyland or Disney World?
1: So for Disney World, um, you know, if you want to be able to get through the majority, I never say all of it, because I think you could probably stay at Disney World for a good three weeks and not really do everything they offer. But if you want to get through the majority of what the parks have to offer, I I do recommend a week-long trip. With a minimum of five park days uh, at at Walt Disney World. Um, We can work with less, we we certainly do uh, when we're doing plans, but we do start having to be more selective in that scenario. For Disneyland, um, I usually recommend a minimum of three park days. And if you have a fourth day that we can throw in there, it lets us cut your pace back a little bit um, and have a little bit more laid back time. Um, But of course, we can go longer there and and see some other sites as well for those who want to make a a longer vacation out of it
3: when we've gone we were able to stick a day in the middle where we didn't do a park and with really young kids that was a great chance to just rest up play in the pool and gain your strength to finish out the last couple of days
1: totally
2: all right, Sabrina, are you ready for the most exciting part of this? This is the lightning round. Oh. Um, so we're going to give you a couple of uh, some questions and there's options in each one. And you tell us what your opinion is on, on, on the for an answer. OK. OK.
1: All
2: right. So the first question, Disneyland or Disney World?
1: Disney World has my love.
3: <laughs> Favorite ride at Disney World?
1: Oh, Thunder Mountain Railroad. Oh,
4: that's a good one. Mm. Mexico or the Caribbean?
1: Ooh. Mm. Mexico.
4: You could sort
2: of cheat and pick my, you know, the... the right,
1: because the, that's I mean, that right? true. You got yeah. the Gulf side, yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the snack that you pack for a flight.
1: Ooh, uh, I don't. I buy the cheese platter on the Alaska Airlines flight. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Solid. We like that, too. <laughs> Uh, aisle seat or window?
1: Aisle seat. Uh, favorite overnight
2: getaway in Washington?
1: Lake Chelan.
3: Uh, thanks for joining us on our way out here. Why don't you tell our listeners how they could reach you if they were interested in consulting with you on an upcoming vacation and sort of maybe how does the pricing work? Is it a all-inclusive one price yeah. for all of your services? And maybe explain that a bit.
1: Sure. Well, you can find our website at theenchantedtraveler.com and there's a contact button there. You can also email me at sabrina at theenchantedtraveler.com. Uh, we have a tab on the top of our site that says services and you can read every little bit of what each destination services has along with the price that goes with that. We do have a flat fee for the planning services that we do and it varies a little bit by destination because they each have a little bit of different workload involved in them. Um, And you're also welcome to click on the about tab of our website there. We've got a whole page of testimonials from families all over that kind of give a little glimpse of what we did for them and um, how it helped them have a more streamlined and stress free vacation planning experience.
3: I met Sabrina about 20 years ago now. And when I found out she was in this line of business, we got in touch with her. And I would say the two things that we valued the most that she did was, uh, based on our kids' interests, she came up with daily itineraries for Disneyland and we used that as a rough guide. And she had some tips in there. And the other thing was, um, between the time we booked the trip and when it happened, the pricing had gone down, and she was able to take advantage of that and, in fact, pay for her services in getting us a lower deal on the, the hotels and the tickets. And so I wouldn't have been able to be checking every day to see when the deals came out. So I, I would endorse those two things as uh, very helpful. Well, we're going to put a link to Sabrina's website, The Enchanted Traveler, in our show notes. And thank you so much for joining us here today on the Whatcom Dads podcast.
2: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Sabrina. Thanks so much, Sabrina.
3: What's keeping you from performing at your prime? The Prime Sports Institute in Bellingham exists to help you perform better, stay in your prime longer, and have more fun doing it. The Prime Sports Institute is the first athletic trainer-owned and operated clinic in the country. Experience the treatment the elite and pro athletes are used to. Call today at phone number 360-922-3120 to schedule an appointment, or for more information, visit their website at primebellingham.com. So our parenting topic this week is, unfortunately, a little bit timely. Again, we're recording this on the 15th, and Governor Inslee today instituted some additional rollbacks of the phased reopening, which some folks who have been working outside of the home may, in fact, be returning to working in the home. So we decided that uh, we were going to discuss tips and advice on working from home when you've got kids in the house. So uh, let's just real quick update listeners as to our current work situations.
2: So I'm working from home. I work for the university, so I'm working from home. And Amy is also a teacher, and she is working from home. Uh, She's Because she's teaching live much of the morning, she is certainly not available uh, to deal with any interruptions. And
4: I'm, I'm on Zoom calls, but I'm a little bit more available. And I, too, work for Western, so I'm working at home, and my wife works for the Bellingham Library System, and she's working from home as well. And I think, as everyone knows by now, our kids are no longer in the house, um, but they are learning from home and working from home in their respective uh, places of residence.
3: Yeah, and I work in an industry that we've been allowed to be open, but just closed to the public. So I have been at the office, but there was a 14 day period of time where my wife was under quarantine for uh, various reasons, which we won't get into. But I did work from home during that two week period of time. And in fact, she was quarantined into our upstairs level. So I was uh, the only caregiver to our three young kids for those 14 days. So I do have a couple weeks of experience to speak to this but uh, not quite the length and breadth of working from home that you two guys have.
2: Well, and I will just flat out say right off the bat that we are fortunate that our kids are sixth grade and uh, ninth grade. For families who are working from home with little ones, uh, I hats off to you, because how to balance all of that where you truly cannot turn off parenting while you're trying to work from home... Uh, you're, you're making miracles happen.
3: So the article I found this week is titled kids at home, but you're trying to get work done. It's by Dr. Laura Markham, who I mentioned in our prior podcast, and she's a a psychologist and uh, has written some books that are pretty well known in the field. And so she gives several tips on how to work from home. Uh, So guys, when you looked at that article, anything jump out at you as, Oh, this is something either I wish I had done, or maybe I'm going to start doing.
2: Yeah, for me, uh, one of them was that I had to learn was really to be clear about my expectations with the workplace. So, that's one of the the tips that she provides. Um, I'm working out of my closet and my kids, of course, just come in here whenever they want. And I had, after a while, I had to really set some boundaries as to um, when they can walk in, how they can walk in. Um, is it okay if they can interrupt me or not? And For me as a parent, too, I had to learn how to set boundaries as to when I can walk away from a meeting or not. And so that was something that stuck with me. Another one that I actually uh, have struggled with is her her, uh, advice on using screens judiciously. Uh, having a sixth grader and a ninth grader, you know, they're staring at their Zoom screen all day long. And it's hard because during COVID, this has cut into their their friend time, right? I mean, it, this has impacted everybody's social activity. And um they, they uh, Zoom and message their friends. My sixth grader loves to play Roblox. And uh, so that she's actually Zooming live with them while playing video games with them on a device. And I want to cut that out. But at the same time, it's a form of their social interaction with friends. And so it's hard for me to cut back on their screen time um, when that's part of their social interaction that they have with folks.
3: And Dr. Markham made a, a few suggestions and that it, screen time can be more so than just watching a TV show. Uh, you could set them up to watch a YouTube video on how to draw something, or there are several national parks or museums who give virtual tours. So, uh, you know, if you need that 30 minutes to take a work call and you don't just want to put on another episode of the Paw Patrol, there are certainly other ways that you can engage them. Another suggestion was, uh, have them zoom with a uh, grandparent and have them read to the grandparent. So,
2: yeah, I like that idea too, Nathan.
3: I agree. I agree, Chris with, uh. Virtual learning screen fatigue is a big deal, um, something to watch out for, but get creative with how you use that screen time.
4: I also, also want to say that with someone who doesn't have small children at home, um, I've noticed that there is a lot of grace and patience uh, for my colleagues who do have kids at home who might interrupt during a meeting. It doesn't matter. That's perfectly fine. We all get that this is crazy and makes no sense and it's um, extraordinary circumstances. And so as if you have small children at home, I would hope that those that don't have small children at home would give you that space and it would be okay um, because it is okay. And you shouldn't stress out about it and be really worried that you're messing up or ruining something for (laughs) other people you're working with, because you're not. And what we do as our work is important, but obviously what we do as parents is way more important.
3: You know, one easy thing that uh, I utilized for the two weeks I was home is that if I was able to put in some earbuds, I could be taking calls while doing other things. So, uh, people might not have known that I was making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or folding laundry, but I was able to multitask with the earbuds in. Um, the other thing is when I had to take a call, um, setting a timer for the kids and letting them know, okay, I, dad needs to take these 15 minutes. And when you hear this buzzer go off, I'm probably going to be done. So give them sort of a, a time frame. And then as soon as you're done, drop everything and give them that attention they've wanted. That's going to sort of fill back up their bucket and allow them to have more time to play independently. And once you do that a couple of times, they're going to understand that, okay, there's this process. Dad's going to be gone for X amount of time. And when he gets back, I'm going to have him all to myself.
2: Well, and it was, you made me think of my daughters, the first couple weeks of school, my oldest daughter would send me a text or an email in the middle of the workday and say, Dad, can you make me a sandwich? And I'm realizing all of a sudden for the first time, I'm actually at home with them in the middle of their day and I and, and vice versa. And the first couple of times I thought, man, this is so cool. I get to make my daughter a sandwich in the middle of her school day. And after about the third time, the text back was make your own sandwich or make it the night before. So we had to have a little discussion (laughs) because I had work to do. I'm not I'm not I'm not her her butler to provide whatever it is that she needs in the middle of her school day.
3: Chris, do you put the peanut butter on first and then the jam or separate on each bread or what's your style?
2: Yeah, peanut butter first uh, and then I wipe it clean because peanut butter can get kind of crusty and weird inside the jam, I've noticed. Uh, and then I'll put the jam on and then I'm good to go.
4: Well, it's got to be crunchy peanut butter and always strawberry jam.
3: Uh, I am a not a peanut butter jelly sandwich fan, <laughs> so to speak, but uh, if I do go there, I would go maybe grape jam grape jelly
2: well no wonder why you don't like peanut butter jelly you pick grape jam like i I don't even know if that's real stuff like I mean how do you make jam out of grapes really and that purple is I mean it's not like purple wine
4: like it's 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 like bubble gum yeah. purple right when when you crush grapes it becomes wine, not jam right so my go-to <laughs> so my go-to special <laughs> sandwich growing up was the peanut butter and banana sandwich oh delicious
2: amy Amy grew up with that too i never had that did you grow up with that
3: no i was peanut butter and honey that was my jam yes Same. moving along one other tip to help you out working from home is very similar to what our guest sabrina told us about long flights and that is if you could make up a little goodie bag or some sort of game or box of things when you know you have to break away for that uninterrupted time. If you've got something hidden or something they can play with, um, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a new Lego set. It could simply be a deck of playing cards or something, but that's going to buy you some time.
2: Presumably for little ones.
3: Presumably for little ones. Your your 15-year-old or 14-year-old isn't going to be blown away by a deck of cards to round out the remainder of Dr. Markham's tips were to trade off with your partner. If you're both working from home, that would certainly require one of you to work well into the night, but if you can take turns handling the kids and working, Uh, she also said, make sure that you work with your kids on learning independent play, because that's really going to become important if they have the ability to use their imagination and play by themselves while you're working. And then finally, uh, if you have an older sibling, an older child, you can have them sort of act as a babysitter, but don't expect them to do it for free. Make sure you uh, make it worth their while with some sort of special privilege or extra allowance or something.
2: Well, I, I have to tell a quick story, Mark, as you were saying that we need to provide one another with grace as it relates to Zooming. Um, just this last week, I got permission from Amy to tell this story. So just this last week, Amy was. Amy's a third-grade teacher, and she was... Uh, getting ready to teach and I had just gotten out of the shower and I was making the bed and I had not put any clothes on yet and as I'm making the bed now the bed our her classroom is our bedroom and so the bed is the backdrop of her classroom and so I'm making the bed to make it look nice and help her get things ready and all of a sudden she yells Chris get down and I dive down I'm very athletic right so I dive down very fast and uh, I'm hiding and it's because Amy had admitted accidentally her entire waiting room which was her entire class into her zoom room and all these windows were popping up with kids now i got down fast enough and then she ended up before they could see anything she ended up putting them all back in the waiting room and uh we almost had we we almost had one of those great mishaps actually so zoom is uh i think everybody has a close story like that one anyway
3: would have been a viral video
2: oh my gosh it would have been awful
3: so, guys, having worked from home, how's this going to change your jobs moving forward? Any thoughts on that? Are there any unforeseen benefits you've noticed or any real drawbacks that you're concerned about doing this long term?
2: Yeah. Amy and I have talked uh, in a lot of depth, actually, about how we would love certain things to stay. One of them is the pace of life. Um, we're not running from the office straight to practices. And, I mean, PACE has just gotten to a much more manageable level that we really love. And we've spent way more quality time with our kids. Uh, and we would love it if post-COVID we could somehow maintain that. And I don't know if we will be able to entirely. But um, but to be able to spend some slow quality time together has been something that we have thoroughly enjoyed as a family.
4: It'll be nice to get back to the office just for the um... – the interaction with the colleagues and people you've built up relationships with over the number of yeah. years. Um, but I do agree with Chris, the The pace is way better. But I also have to recommend if, if it's not happening already, you got to get on a schedule and you got to be getting up in the morning and you got to be doing your breakfast and getting dressed and getting at the computer at whatever time the work day is supposed to begin. And so, and I've been able to do that, which is great. And I, I'm, I'm torn. I've liked being at home. Um, but I do miss being in the office. But when I get back to the office, I may terribly miss being at home again. So I don't know. It's uh, it's not something I could have ever imagined happening. And now that it is, I think we've been able to make the best of it. Um, and there are certainly pros and cons.
3: I gained a lot of confidence as a parent during those two weeks where I had to parent all three of them by myself. Um, if you'd asked me before if I could do it for 14 straight days, I might've doubted myself, but I now know I could do it. And I learned a lot and it gave me an opportunity to bond up with my kids because I think they now know I can do it. And there were certain things that they would just go to mom for, but uh, relying upon me uh, for that extended period of time uh, was beneficial to my relationship with all three of them. That's great. So to sum up Dr. Markham's article, which I'm going to put a link to in our show notes, she says it's clear that begging and threatening your kids to be quiet while working at home doesn't work. What does meeting your child's needs for connection before you go to work and ask them to play independently? Stock up on interesting activities and be realistic about how much supervision they're going to need and make sure you have a backup plan for those emergency bathroom calls before you go into your zoom meeting.
1: Up next, Whatcom dads recommend.
3: All right. Welcome dads recommend this week. We are going to talk about places where we like to take our kids for a one on one date. So I have three kids. I, from time to time, make sure I do Single dad kid activities one on one. I think they really enjoy that. Uh, It's different than doing a group activity. So I'm going to go first, and the place I picked this week is Creativity, the pottery painting establishment in Fairhaven. All three of my kids love it, and I do too. And I'll tell you why. First, there's no time constraint. Uh, You pay for the item you're going to paint, and if your kid knocks it out in 20 minutes, you pay the same price as if your kid takes three hours. Uh so uh it's quiet uh it gets to allow you to see their creative side um and I have resisted the urge to help them with these projects they're doing by nature I would want the painting to be perfect and stay within the lines and have a color scheme but uh I've learned as a dad to just sit back let it be their artistic creation and if I really want to be that technical I buy myself a piece and I can work on that simultaneously with them so my pick creativity
2: That's a good choice, Nathan. Um, For special dates with my girls, uh, we always go to breakfast uh, individually. I'll take one of my girls out to breakfast and uh, uh, we've gone everywhere to um, uh, home skillet is a popular spot. Um, for my daughter's 13th birthday, I took her to the Horseshoe Cafe uh, at midnight when she turned 13, which will forever be a memory for her. Uh, so much so that on her 14th birthday at midnight, she asked me if I could take her again. And uh, uh, so it, it was super special to be able to do that. And of course, it's always kind of fun going to the Horseshoe Cafe as we were leaving at 1 a.m. Things were getting a little spicy in there. And uh, Lexi got to see something that she normally wouldn't get a chance to see for sure at this age.
3: I think there's three local podcast hosts who have been caught out past midnight at the Horseshoe Cafe, but (laughs) I'm not going to name any names, but I think they were great pancakes eaten at a very early hour.
4: So I'm going to break the rules a little bit, and I'm going to give three three recommendations. Uh, Every Saturday when the kids were little, I would take them out for the weekly grocery shopping. And that was a chance for me to be with the kids and spend a couple hours, but also give Annette a little bit of a break on a Saturday. And some of our kids' greatest memories is actually, I think, uh, spending a couple hours shopping uh, with Dad for Allie, this past summer, um, since Ben was not 21 yet, um, Allie and I went to Downtime Taps in Ferndale, sat outside. You have a selection of a lot of different uh, beers and wines, and they have games that you can play. So we sat outside. It was great fun. There was music being played. And also, uh, Ben and I always enjoyed going to a Western Washington University sporting event, be it a basketball game or a volleyball game, and just spending time together there watching the Vikings compete.
0: you so much for listening you can email the show at welcome dad's podcast at gmail.com the dad would love to hear your feedback and any suggestions you may have
1: the podcast is now available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and amazon music please rate subscribe and leave a review new episodes will now be released weekly on friday mornings
0: next week the dads will get ahead of Black Friday by sharing what toys are hot this year, and they will discuss how to deal with picky eaters and their favorite TV shows to watch with their kids.
1: For my joke, I'm going to need help from the audience. Ben? Yes? Knock, knock. Who's there? Owl. Owl who? Yes, that's what an owl says.
0: All right, Allie, here's mine, though. Are you ready for this? What's the yeah. difference between a piano and a fish?
1: I don't know. What?
0: You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Boop, <bathtub noise> <inaudible>